Thank you, Risa. Man, I, uh, I, I just absolutely love this city. I love the people of the city. Like we said, we have our issues that we have to face. But I, I'm enjoying the summer, but I have to be honest, I am looking forward to the fall. I am looking for football season. Come on, somebody. I am looking forward to the fall. We've got about 15,000 festivals in October. You know what I'm saying? We've got, there's a lot going on in the fall. New Orleans said, okay, we're taking all of Corona season and, you know, we're going to, everything we missed out on, we're just going to put it in October, right? And, uh, and so I, I'm, I'm excited. I, I love this city. I love the people of the city. I love the uh, festivities. I love the liveliness of the city. We all know that we have work to do, but don't we live in a great city? Don't get caught up. In, in people's negativity because you will start to uh, you will start to become negative about the place that you live Amen. remember that God has a great plan right where you are and God puts you here because he wants you to make a difference but man I'm so excited about uh, the fall uh, the Saints all these kind of things and and you know I, I, I'm still learning and I think I think the culture of New Orleans is so, so deep. You know, when I first moved here, we uh, moved in downtown, and I didn't experience what we experienced when we moved into a house. It's this beautiful plague called termites. I, I didn't know this existed. I'm going to be honest with you. We, we rented our house. Termites came in. I am calling my agent and saying, you're paying for a hotel room tonight. And I am getting out this house, and, and she was like, Evan, this happens to everybody. And I was like, what? That's a real thing. It's a real plague. I don't understand it, but it's a real thing. They will, you can tighten up everything in your house. They will show up in your toilets. They will show up in your tub. And if you're lucky enough, you will be snuggling with one at night in your beds. And so, I, you know, I, I, I'm getting used to this. There's another thing that that I'm kind of getting used to that's very unique, especially where we live and we have a house because it's kind of like swampland. It's it's city of New Orleans, but it's kind of like low land, right? And, and something about this part of the land, to be able to build a house, the footings that have to go, the pilings that have to go underground are like three times the length of the ones that I'm used to. So this is... This, this has messed with my logic a little bit because I see a foundation and it seems like it's taken forever. And you're hearing those machines all the time, right, hitting these pylons. And you're looking at this foundation you're like, I don't think this house is ever going to get built. I think they're just playing around. I'm not sure. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, man, the walls come up and things are all together. But it took a long time to get the pylons down because we live in a low land, right? I started thinking about that, and it really is very similar to our relationship with God and our relationship with other people. Because the truth is, anything that's going to be lasting and standing a long time, it needs a solid foundation. We live in a uh, microwave uh, culture. We live in a... Uh, a high-speed Wi-Fi culture. I mean, we get frustrated if the Wi-Fi takes five minutes to, like, work, right? We're like, oh, man, it's not working. I'm not even doing my work, right? 
because we're used to get it now. Fast food is the way to go. I need it fast. I need it now. But how many of you know that God's timing isn't on our timing? The Bible says there is something called seed, time, and harvest. We get excited about the seed. We get excited about the harvest. We don't like the time. And relationships, building relationships, godly relationships and godly friendships take time. Like a good gumbo made from scratch. You can, you can taste it if they made it like quick, right? But one that was made over time, it's the best. How many of you want godly relationships that have taken time and just like that foundation in the house, the pilings were deep enough that all of a sudden they were ready to build. That's how it is when we are faithful to the relationships God puts in our life. He begins to bless us, and people look at the blessing in our life, and it seems like all of a sudden they just don't see the years of the pilings. How many of you know that we have to stand in faith when it comes to godly relationships? And, and it's the real foundation. The Bible says, we read it in, in 2 Peter, it says that, that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. In other words, he's our foundation and he has given our st a standard, but he has actually built his house, his kingdom, on relationships. It started with the apostles and it started to build up from there. And we're a part of that house and we're a part of that building. Let me ask you, are you being built in God's house? It might take time. It might take a while to build these kind of relationships so that you can healthily long-term build God's house I've seen a lot of people get on fire for God and then they burn out in a few months how many of you know that I you start to appreciate the people that are in love with God years after they have given their life to God and so the secret to that the secret to long-lasting 100% on fire for Jesus is our godly relationships. Our godly relationships. It's funny, when I mention that, many people think of failed relationships. Many people think of, yeah, but I've tried that. How many of you know that God will move people out your life to put new people in? Don't harp on past hurts because God actually sets you up. You thought it was a, you thought it was a, a, it was a setback, but it was a setup for a comeback. God knows how to build his house. God knows how to put the right people in and the wrong people out. And I'm here to tell you today, when we are intentional about our relationships, God will begin to bless you like never before. Your blessing is connected to the relationships God is putting in your life. A lot of times, you know, there was a season in my life, you know, I remember one time, I said, you know, it was right when, like, Leah was having babies like crazy, and it was like the second one, and like I was eating for two, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I got to start getting to the gym. I was like, God, you got to help me out, get in shape. And, and I was in the busyness of life, and I had this, this friend I haven't talked to in a long time, said, hey, man, you want to go to the gym? And I was like, no, man, I don't have time for that. And about 10 minutes later, I, I realized I'm praying to get in shape, but the people that God's putting in my life, I'm rejecting. <laughs> and it wasn't until I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I do need to go with you. You could help me out here because God does not want you to do this life alone. 
God does not want you to be lonely and secluded. Many times we are lonely and secluded because we want things just our own way. And I want to read about that today. I, write this down. Four godly friendships you need to build. Four godly friendships you need to build. And if we can get this, um, we can get this table up, Steve. I want to I give an a illustration of this. Those are, maybe Tim, maybe we can help out I want to I want to kind of show what God's house looks like when we build his house with relationships now we could bring it up on here uh, he said I, I got some gen what is it called is it uh what, what kind of jingle blocks I was like great I don't know what that is but I hope it works um, and maybe we have some more blocks too to come up here but you know maybe we can do like this I want you to picture this now remember that God is the one Jesus is the one that holds all of this together God is the one that holds all of this together he is the chief cornerstone he has built his house on leaders and God is saying I want you you are a living stone to build my house now I want to give you the first friendship that you really need to look at because it really is a foundational part of your walk with God. Are y'all ready for it? And I call these people seers. Look at your neighbor and say seers. Now seers are your pastors, your mentors, people that oversee you. You can read in Hebrews 13 where God says God wants you to be in a place where pastors oversee you so they oversee your soul. This is a foundational truth in the gospel. This is a foundational truth in the Bible. If we want to have a solid foundation, we need seers in our life, mentors in our life, crew leaders in our life. Come on, somebody. We need somebody that's able to challenge us because that's how God instituted it. Let's look at this, Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. How many of you have been there before? I've gotten a lot of trouble hanging out with fools. Proverbs 18.1. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Many times we don't want to be in certain relationships because we really don't want to hear what they have to say. That is the truth. We would much rather do it our own way. And we have this teenager syndrome sometimes, it never gets away, and it's this phrase called, I know, I know, I know. When you have kids, the phrase you're going to hear mostly, I know, but the truth is, you don't know because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, so if you knew, then you would do it, so you don't know, so quit saying, I know, right? And, and, and this is why God puts this simple practical foundational relationship in our life God sets up his kingdom by pastors and leaders and evangelists different overseers in the church to help equip the body and that's why it's so important to find a godly mentor find a mentor that is further along than you this might mean so if like for my life I have four people that I go to every Thursday they're like checking me out. How are you doing? How's your soul? How's this? How's the church? Should I be doing this? No, you probably shouldn't, right? And, and they, they keep me in check. There's 
it's a good thing to have yourself in check. Checks and balances are a really good thing for your life. Because one decision can change the whole trajectory of your life. And so I have learned, I have learned, when, when I first got saved and I was around overseers or pastors in my life, I wanted to talk the whole time. Let's look at this scripture, James 1.19. Understand this, my brothers and sisters, you must be quick to, listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. This is the problem. We like talking more, more than we do listening. And so anytime I'm around an overseer, I'm like writing stuff down. I'm leaning in. How many of you know, if you're a teacher, you know what it's like when a student leans in. You know what it's like when one leans back, and you know what it's like when one leans in. How many of you want to be leaners? People that lean in to the wisdom of God. Now, we don't think that people are above us, are better than us, but we understand that God builds his body on relationships. We understand that. We, we see, the Bible even talks about, and this is something that, like, we run away from. See, how many of you know that constructive criticism is really good for us? I'm not talking about abusive behavior or belittling or anything like that, but constructive criticism is healthy for us. The Bible says this, and it's pretty straightforward. I love Solomon sometimes because just if you're in a gray area, he'll get you out of it. Proverbs 12.1, whoever loves instruction and discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates reproof and correction is stupid. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be stupid. <laughs> I don't want to be stupid. I, 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 want, I, want, I want to say, hey, what do you think about this? The Bible, the Bible clearly states, hey, listen, the, I want my kingdom, I want my kingdom based on honor. How many of you know that we need to honor everyone that we come in contact with? We should honor each other. As a matter of fact, the Bible only tells us to outdo each other in this one thing. Do you know what it is? Honor. The Bible says to never compare, never try to outdo, except for one thing, and it has to do with honor. How many of you know that no team can win without honor? And so when I honor you and you're serving me and I'm serving you, we can win. How many of you want to win? And so this is one of the foundational things. I love this scripture because Jesus even says, I bless you in honor. When there's a prophet that has, that has a water and you are filling up his water, I actually will give you a prophet's reward. He says, like, when you begin to lean in and you honor, that's why... Our overseers, I'm, they're fighting to pay the bill, right? Because I'm like, you're not stealing my blessing. I'm getting that. Because there is a principle that when we honor, God begins to honor us. There's a story in the Bible called Eli with Elijah and Elisha. I used to always get confused about that. Elijah says, ja, and Sha. Ja was the mentor. Sha was the protege, right? So, Elijah goes by Elisha, you tracking with me? Some of you are like, no. Okay, just, Elijah wants to mentor Elisha, and he throws something called a cloak on Elisha, Elisha and he just keeps on walking. Elijah understood the principle of what it would be to follow this person, this man of God, this mentor, and so the Bible says that he actually, he was in a field, 
having 12 oxen plying his field, he burnt his field and he followed after this guy. And the Bible says that from him following him, he did double the miracles. Elisha did double the miracles of his leader because he understood it takes sacrifice to build mentorship in your life. It takes sacrifice to say, hey, who's somebody that's further than me? Let me lean in. Look at your neighbor and say, we got to lean in. This is how God says, I want you to begin to get strong. Because how many of you want to have a double portion in your life? See, look at this. Think about this. This is how God wants it. This is how Jesus, this is, isn't it dumbfounding to you that Jesus said, you will do greater things than I will? That was the heart of Jesus, that his children would be further along than him. Now, this is our job. See, this represents leadership and mentors in our life. How many of you know that their ceiling becomes our floor? We're going higher. Good leadership will always want to bring you higher than they are. And so God says, this is, see, I love this principle because I hate the term that people are under people. People are not under people. How many of you know it takes weight and responsibility and servanthood to hold people up to bring them further than you have ever gone? That's the heart of God. That's the heart of God. And God says the first step is I want you to begin to get in a place where your leaders, your mentors, your crew leaders, the people that you are feeding or gleaning from, I want their ceiling to become your floor. You're about to go to another level. And when you go to another level, you'll never think that you're at another level because you honor them because you knew you wouldn't be where you were unless they did what they did. And so today I want to ask you, who is somebody, who is somebody you were gleaning from? Who is somebody that you're saying, hey, I don't understand this in the Bible, or I don't know how to do this in my life. I don't know how to do this with my finances or my marriage or, or this. Tell me, tell me, how many of you know that relationship starts one step at a time? And it's not going to happen overnight. And it might not happen every day. But when you have the opportunity, set it up in your life to get with mentors and people. That's why we have crews. We have crews to say, get with somebody that's a leader and begin to glean from them. And listen, when you begin to do that, you will find yourself starting to get solid, more solid in your faith. You are getting built. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to get built before you build. You got to get built before you build. Now, this is the next one. This is the next one. Are you all good? You need some people at your right hand. You need some people at your right hand. I call these guys shakers only because I'm a pastor and I'm wanting to use all S's, so I'm making stuff up. I call, <laughs> I call these guys shakers. You need some shakers in your life. You need some people in your life that you do life with. See, Sunday was never intended to come to Sunday, shake a hand, and never see anybody any again. In the early church, People would come to the temple, they would come to the church, they would hear the apostles teaching, then they would go to their house with other believers and they would break bread. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, find people that you can break bread with, raise children with, lock arms with. 
be vulnerable with. Actually say, I'm having a bad day. How you doing? I'm doing great. Highly favored from the Lord. No, you're not. You're human. Have you had a bad day? Right? We want to keep on the, uh, the mask in the face and the smile. And God is saying, I want you to take that out off. I want you to be vulnerable and real because for you to go to the next step, I have created my body, my building, my temple, my relationships in your life to build you. We need shakers in our life. People that we do life with, people that we are in crew with, people that we're on a team with, that we say we're going after the same purpose in our life. We have the same vision. We might have a different function. I might be a teacher. You might be a doctor. You might be a lawyer. But we're going after the same purpose, which is to win souls and make disciples for the glory of God. Yeah, give God a hand if you want to. And if you don't, you can just not. <laughs> Who are you in a crew with? It is, it is really the secret to getting built so that you can build. Proverbs 17, 17 says this. A friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in a time of need. How many of you know that we need people that aren't just with us on the mountaintops, but they're with us in the valleys? You need to be surrounded with people that are, the, that are there that say, I got your back. When you're going through it, I got your back. When you're getting promoted, I got your back. I got your back. That's what I love about these four friends. The paralyzed guy could only get so far, and they looked at him. This was, they, I, I believe they weren't just acquaintances. These are real friends. Anybody that goes past a crowd, goes up to a house, digs a hole in a roof, and lowers you down, that's a friend. That's like those that help you uh, move out of your house. Those are friends. Unless you're paying them, which usually is the case. But those are your friends. These guys said, I am going to be a shaker. I am not just going to talk about getting closer to Jesus. I'm not going to just talk about making a difference. I'm going to show my faith with my action. How many of you know that's what real compassion is? Real compassion is your passion in action. Sympathy is having good intentions and seeing things that are wrong far away. But compassion is your passion in action. How many of you want some friends that have some passionate actions when it comes towards you? When you're going through it, they're saying, I'm going to lift you up, man. I'm going to lift you up in prayer. I'm going to carry you. I'm going to carry the load. I'm going to be there for you. And so we need shakers in our life. We need shakers in our life. So we're starting to get built. We're starting to build up. We're surrounding ourselves with shakers in our life. The third, the third, something that you need in your life. You need sharpeners in your life. You need sharpeners in your life. See, the good thing about this, this is somebody that you don't necessarily do life with, but these are people that you can relate to because they will actually help and give you advice for the people that you're actually doing life with, the shakers. How many of you know you can, get, you can rub some shakers the wrong way? You, if, if you want to know that you are, are really getting built in the kingdom of God, you're probably going to have a little bit of conflict. You're probably going to have to have some awkward conversations. Nobody wants awkward conversations, but how many of you know if we want to be a team, we have to get rid of the junk and move forward? And so 
these are people that are like-minded. They're like you. They might not live where you live. They might be out in another state. But these are people that energize you. These are people that dream like you. These are people that are, when you get with, I have about 10 people that I get with that, man, I love, I, I, I'm connected to you. And when I'm going through things with the people, my shakers, they're like, man, I've been through this too, and this is what I've done. How many of you know that the Bible says that godly relationships, it is iron sharpening iron? How many of you want to get around people that you get, sh you get sharp with? If you want to be an eagle, quit hanging around the chickens. They're going nowhere, and when you start to go somewhere, they try to keep you down on the ground. Those guys, you were meant to soar. Now, we want to love everybody, but you need to get around some more eagles. You need to get around some people that help you dream, that inspire you, that, that, that feed you, that encourage you. When you leave that conversation, you feel like you can conquer hell with a water pistol. Right? That's, that's who you need to ha hang out with. You feel inspired. Find some dreamers. I love the story. I love the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus. She's pregnant, and her cousin Elizabeth is present, uh, pregnant as well with John the Baptist, which is going to be the forerunner of Jesus. And the Bible says that when they got together, their babies leaped in their stomach. They had the same dream and the same vision and their baby leaped in their stomach. How many of you know that we need to be around people that our spirit leaps when we're around them? These are people that we might not necessarily do life with every single day, like your community, but these are people that we stay in touch with that are in the same boat as we, us. We, it might not be the same career, but they are going in the same direction and they're dreaming big. I encourage you to not only get around some shakers, but to get around some people that, that are able to say, hey, listen, this is, this is what I had to do when I was around my shakers. Get around some people that know how to dream, some people that are sharpeners. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to get sharp. The Bible says there is safety in the multitude of counselors. So when people have, have been where you are, are going through what you're going through, get with them. Share with them. People that are godly, share with them. There is safety in the multitude of counselors because they will give you the right advice for these shakers right here. They will give you the right advice for your mentors right here. And so get around some shakers. Get around some shakers. And, and this is my final one. And if I can get somebody to come in place so everybody thinks I'm closing. The final one is this. We got to find some students. We got to find some students. See, just like our mentor, their ceiling is our floor. We also need students or people that we can take under our wing where our ceiling becomes their floor. We need to find some people that are broken. Guess what? You're in a good city for that. Who's somebody you can pour into? People are hurting all around us. You know, in Matthew, Matthew 9, 36, it says, 
Jesus, when he saw the vast crowds, Jesus' heart was deeply moved with compassion because they seemed weary and helpless like wandering sheep without a shepherd. He turned to his disciples and said, the harvest is huge and ripe, but there are not enough harvesters to bring it all in. As you go, plead with the owner of the harvest to thrust out many more reapers. See, we need to get to a place where we're built so that we can build. We need to get to a place where we are built, and it takes time, it takes time, but you say, you know what, I'm not ready to bring anybody under my wing. I guarantee you, you are further along than somebody. You are further along than somebody, and if you can't help them, you can plug them into your mentors and other mentors, and you can help them. See, this is why I love the heart of Nehemiah. It was the heart of Jesus. Jesus saw these multitudes. And he's seeing all these sheep without a shepherd. Why do we have a major malfunction in our city? There's not enough mentors. There's not enough leaders. There's not enough shepherds that say, I see these blocks scattered everywhere, neglected and abandoned and burnt and alone and ashamed. But I would rather just be built instead of building. I want to get built and be in my nice little bubble and God saying, no, if you want to complete the wall, if you want to complete the house, you got to begin to build. You are built to build. You got to find some of this. Nehemiah got news. He got news of, of his hometown, Jerusalem, and they told him the bad news is all the walls were broken down. All the walls were burnt and scattered. And the Bible says that Nehemiah got on his face and he began to cry out and pray because he had compassion. Those walls, those bricks, those stones represent people in our life, our neighbors, our co-workers, our own family members. Will we complete the wall? Will we complete our wall when our day is over? Or will our wall be half built? Will we complete the wall? Or will our wall be half built? In that day, I want to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. Not that you were the most eloquent, not that you were the most gifted, but you knew that you had to get built to build. At the end of the day, it only comes to the place where we say, God, I'm living for what you want me to live for. And if you were to hear the heartbeat of God, the heartbeat of God would cry souls. Those bricks that are scattered that the enemy torn down and with divorce and, and with drug addiction and, and with abuse and, and all kinds of evil in their life, things that, that seem grotesque to us, but don't let your comfortability cause you to be a Pharisee and say, that's them, I'm sorry that they're not built like me. Because you wouldn't be where you were unless somebody was holding the weight for you. Yeah, give God a hand if you want to. Who can you take under your wing? God says, don't have the compassion where we see somebody that's hurting and says, God bless you, I'll pray for you, I hope you get help. No. Do something. Passion with action. I love Nehemiah because Nehemiah saw this broken down wall and the Bible says that he began to pray and he began to fast 
because he was so heartbroken. How many of you know that we need to begin to pray and begin to fast? We can't do it in our own strength. We are only conduits of what God is doing. And, and I, I want to encourage you, when people begin to fast and pray and turn to God, God says he will heal our land. I'm telling you right now, our land needs healing. And you're not here by happenstance. You are here because God called you to get healed so that you can be a healer. Listen. Yeah, give God a hand. You are not the hurt. You are the healed. You are not the rejected. You're the accepted. You're not the abandoned. You are accepted and adopted in God's kingdom. And now he's saying, go find those that used to look like you. I'm glad. I'm glad that I was able to be in a place where I was burnt and broken and my edges were all off and God began to use people in my life to begin to shape me and he's not done with me yet but I do know some people that aren't further as far along and God is saying see them over there get in their life get in their life Nehemiah said I, I was so felt with compassion see it's starting and I'm gonna be very frank if that's okay in our city, some of us used to say, well, it's only happening over there. The problem is it's happening in your backyard right now. It's getting real now, isn't it? It's getting real. The gas station that you just left to and somebody got mugged, that right there, that's real now, isn't it? Are we going to say, you know what? It's not safe. We need to pack up and go somewhere else. No, God said, I'll put your foot here to make a difference. I'll put your foot here to begin to mentor those that need a father, that need a mother. Why is this happening? Because people don't have fathers and mothers or a light. The only mentor is paying them to do their dirty work. And God is saying, we need to shine a brighter light. Come on. They said, Nehemiah, why are you building that wall? It's going to fall over. What, what's that little thing you're doing? at church 54 come on what's that thing you're doing Sabalat and Tobiah begin to mock Nehemiah at the wall what is that thing that you're doing and so and Nehemiah said I don't have enough time for you I got a I got a wall to build I'm not getting off my wall I am focused I'm gonna be built so that I can build and before you know it you just see a foundation but before you know it you're gonna see the healed you're gonna see the delivered you're gonna see the restored you're gonna see the walls that are built because we were all faithful with our portion of the wall come on what's your part of the wall get to it let's start building God's going to bless your business. God's going to bless your finances. God's going to bless your family because God is not a man that he should lie. You put his house first and he'll take care of yours. I've seen it over and over again. God is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. We're going to start interceding on Wednesdays. We're getting uh, uh, together with collective churches and we're all taking a day. And if you can make it uh, on Wednesdays, we're going to start praying all the way through September and just declaring we're coming against crime in, in our city. We're coming against fatherness and motherness in our city. All the things in our city, prayer works. Prayer works. And the great thing about prayer and fasting, it doesn't move the hand of God. It opens your eyes. 
Prayer and fasting doesn't move the hand of God. It opens your eyes. God already has a strategy. He already has a way. We just got to quit doing it in our own strength. Begin to look to him. Nehemiah started to fast and went to the king. And the king said, oh, I have the plan already here for you. This is what you need to do. I got the logsmith and I got the merchant and I got this and that. Why don't we get our eyes off of ourselves in our own little Christian bubble and begin to look to God and say, God, you got to do something beyond what we can do. And God begins to show you who your neighbors are, begins to show you who's hurting, begins to give you a strategy. Come on, get you got to say, I got to get connected. I got to get built. I got to get on a team. I got to get on a crew. I got to be in a place where in the end of my day, well done, good and faithful servant. You say, why are you excited? Because I know that God is ready to bless you. There's one thing for God to heal you. It's a whole other thing to see God heal other people through you. There's nothing like it in the world. You will be addicted. Some of you, you have addiction. I'm, I'm here to give you a, a, a notice. You need to give your addiction a notice. You're about to get a new addiction. And that new addiction is going to be with Jesus and winning souls. There is nothing like it. You were born on the earth to win the lost. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save those that are lost. Some of you, the issues and the problems that you're having is not because you just can't get out. God says, begin to look to me and begin to help other people, and that thing will fall off of your life. That thing will fall off of your life. The enemy wants to say, no, you're a hypocrite. You're not you're not good enough. You're not good enough to help other people. I'm here to tell you, if you have Jesus in your life, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, and you have more to offer than you can ever imagine. There are people that need hope, and you have hope. There are people that need salvation, and you need salvation. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the time. God is not waiting for tomorrow. He's waiting for, he's saying, do it today. This life is but a vapor. It comes and it goes it is like it is like wildflowers it comes and it goes but it's souls that are in the balance for eternity and God is saying will you look beyond yourself and will you look to the harvest I need workers I need workers give me workers God said this is what I want you to pray this is what I want you to pray pray for workers Pray for workers that will go and get the harvest and say, I see one over here. I'm going to begin to help. I see one over here. I see this over here. I'm going to begin to get them in a crew. I'm going to begin to help them out. I'm not coming to church by myself. I got a wall to build. I got a wall to build. God said, I'm a living stone building his house. I got a wall to build. Get out your funk and start building the wall. Come on. God has called you to something greater. You are not mediocre. He called you to do great exploits in the earth. And now's the time, not tomorrow. Now's the time. But Tobiah and Tobalit will talk to Nehemiah and said, look at that little wall. Look at that little wall that you're building. Get off this wall. Come talk to us. We'll, we'll, we'll tell you how to really do it. Nehemiah said, I'm not getting off my wall. Don't you get off your wall. Your wall might look like just a foundation right now. You might not see the blessings in your life right now. But I'm here to tell you, do not quit. Do not get off your wall. Because due season, the harvest is coming. Due season. Faithful, 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 fruitful. Faithful, 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 fruitful. Remain faithful. Stay on your wall. 
get plugged in, get built, and begin to build. How many of you are ready for it? Come on, let's all stand up right where we are. I have two prayers today. The first prayer is for us to say, you know what? I'm tired of living for myself. I'm tired of being built but not building. You can't do it on your own strength. It's a grace to build. It's a grace to build. What God wants for us is to not just get our eyes off of ourselves onto other people. God wants us to get our eyes off of ourselves onto him where we catch his compassion to love other people. If you're wanting to do something just because you're wanting to do a religious activity and just help people to make it feel good for your flesh, you are going to get burned out. But I can tell you this, you begin to get your eyes off yourself and onto God. That, that, that compassion that he has will rub off on you and you can't help but love other people. And I want to pray for you today for the grace to build. You have a ministry. You have a ministry. Your household's your ministry. Your family's your ministry. Your block is your ministry. Your workplace is your ministry. Your business is your ministry. And I believe today, if we make the decision and we say, God, I need the grace to build, that he's going to begin to open your eyes to the harvest, and you're going to begin to see things a lot different. You're going to say, I know where they need to get placed. I know where they need to get placed. I know I need to help them. Man, they're hurting. I need to go love on them. I need to go help them. You will be busy building God's kingdom, and God will begin to build your life like you could never believe. If you want to say today, you know what, God, I want, to, I want the grace to build. Just lift your hands. I'm going to pray for you. God, I want the grace to build. I want the grace to build. I want the grace to build. Give me the grace. It is a grace. It is a grace. It is a grace, God. God, we see you on the cross. We see you on the cross and you gave it all for us. You gave it all for us. You laid your life down for us. God, we don't want to take that mercy and that grace and just live our lives, Lord, but we want to receive that healing and that grace and begin to love other people. Thank you for being our cornerstone, for taking the standard, for showing us the way. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And today we make a decision, Lord, we are going to look to you so that we have the grace to build. Lord, and right now I pray that you put a conviction of those right now that they haven't been getting built in relationships. They might have to restructure their life. They might have to make appointments. They might have to get in a crew. They might have to jump on a team. They might have to get out of their comfort zone. Lord, I pray that you begin to shun and deplete depression and you give them the security and the grace to get built into relationships right now in the mighty name of Jesus. That that shame and that opposition will be gone gone in the name of Jesus and they will find them surrounded by those that are seers and shakers and sharpeners so that they can get ready to begin to have students. I thank you that you're showing them that right now and Lord I pray for those that are built. I thank you that right now you're giving them a heart that's your heart. Lord we repent for the sin in this city. 
Lord, you feel that, those brokenhearted. You hear those cries. Even right now, even right now, those that want to give their life, you feel it and you hear it. Lord, I pray for the grace to hear it and feel it and operate in compassion. Give us wisdom, give us strategies to make a difference. We thank you that your light is going to shine through this city, through our neighborhoods, through every area of this city, through this region. We thank you that you're multiplying light in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, I want to say one prayer with you. And the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. There is a team right now praying for you. One pray, prayer, can we say it together? When you pray this prayer, you're going to receive a relationship with Jesus. Don't do life alone. Don't try to get it all together and come to God. He says, come to me, child. I've been waiting. I've been knocking on the door of your heart. I am not waiting for you to get together. I am just waiting for you to submit and come to me. If that's you today, I want you to say a prayer with us all together. Say, Jesus, I ask you into my heart. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I want a relationship with you. I put my past behind. I want to walk with you all the days of my life. From here on out, you're not only my Savior, but I make you my Lord. Lead me. Guide me. Show me the way in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says when you said that prayer, your sins are as far as the east to the west. They are no more. They're no more. They're no more. He has forgotten about them, so you need to forget about them. They are no more. And the Bible says that you are a new creation. All old things have passed away, and all things become new. And the Bible also says when one person turns to him, all the heavens rejoice all the heavens. There's a party going on in heaven. We're about to have a party in a few minutes, but it does not compare to the party that's going on in he heaven right now to one person that says, God, I want a relationship with you, and we want to party with you. Church 54 on the count of three, can we party with the heavens today? One, two, three. Come on, let's give God a shout. We love you, Lord. We thank you for you, Jesus. We honor you, Lord. Jared, come up and close us up.